catch them in the pasture, run them in a pen, work them on the Sundays, do it all again, raise them in the sand, buck them in the mud, drip a cowboy's sweat, bleed a cowboy's blood. I'm Zeke Thurston, 2016 World Champion Saddlebrock Rider, and you're watching the Pepper Stewart Show. I didn't say it. He said it. You tuned in. Why you did? I don't know. That is your fault, not mine, because boredom has taken your brain. <laughs> so that's how you ended up here. I'm here because I have to be. You're here because your cranial cortex failed you. So a lot of stuff is happening today. We're going to talk. Talk to Hobbs Margaret. If you're familiar with TikTok, he is fire and salt on TikTok. He's going to talk to us about uh, feeding cows grass only and uh, pasture management, electric fencing. And at some point, he was a rock star in a band. So we're going to talk to him about that. Um, we've got your favorite odd news stories coming at you. We got sandwiches, we got Miller High Life ice cream, we got a deer that might have been extinct, but maybe not. Uh, we got some more monkey calls for you, so watch out for the monkeys. Uh, entertainment news, uh, we're going to talk about what are, you on our, what are you watching on Netflix, what have we watched, what are we going to watch, that stuff. Uh, Doc West Band, those of you that are familiar with us and our buddy old Doc West with the Doc West Band from South Texas, he's got a new song out. We're going to throw that at you as well. Uh, a lot of stuff lined up, but I think what we're going to get into, I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, Federation Equest International. It's in French, so I think that's what it means. But um, it's a dancing horse event where they dance on horses. Um, and the world number one, and her name is Manon Montino uh, lived up to her world number one standings at the Herring 2022 in the female vaulting. So they're vaulting, like not pole vaulting, but you know, like they do in the gymnastics. She's vaulting in the vaulting world championship. And uh, they say from start to finish, she just dominated the event, killed it. So check this out. And uh, I want to see this at the next rodeo. Cause you're the type that won't fight for anything But you'll take like a thief So I watch you dance away You say there's no reason to stay Safely through her backflip this is good. And a sideways backflip dismount. Absolutely incredible. Look at what it means to Manon, Corin Bothard, and Saitiri. So, I mean, that's, uh, I don't know. I would, I would not do that, but... There are some trick riders that would probably into that. Speaking of being into that, in studio, we have 
the photographer of the stars. <laughs> Lindsay is here to tell us about taking pictures of stuff. What do you want to know? So tell tell us, tell the people out there, they want to know what happened that day that you thought, you know what, I'm going to get a, pic, a camera and I'm going to shoot you with a picture. It, I, well, it actually, I kind of got it from my mom. She kind of started it because she did all that. And um, I, I just picked up one of her cameras and then I just started taking pictures and it just kind of snowballed from there. But what about rodeo that drove you, drove you to shooting rodeo and not <laughs> shooting acrobats or golf, you know, right. shooting rodeo? What happened? I, I actually went, my first thing I went and did was just a, a barrel racing, just like a Tuesday night barrel racing. Went and took some pictures, tried it out. And I'm like, I kind of like this. And then I just started Googling, you know, rodeos and I found the one at the Cowtown Coliseum. A few emails later, that was my very first rodeo I ever shot was at Cowtown Coliseum. Uh -huh. And I have been sucked in. Now you're stuck there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do love shooting at the Coliseum, absolutely. But it was nice to get out. I, I did travel a little last year with Big L Rodeo Company mm -hmm. in Oklahoma, Texas. Did that for the last summer and I have shot some great things. And it's been it's been so much fun. I love it. Well, there you go. And you can look her up on the interweb nets at Last Take Photography. See the pictures. And if you happen to see yourself in a picture, you can buy it. Okay. You can purchase that photo of yourself. You can purchase any of them on there. Or any, <laughs> or any photo you like. Any one of them. It's fine. Put it on your wall. <laughs> yes. Put it on your wall. I don't know what is going on here. What just happened? What I did? Nothing. Okay. Um, we got, I thought we had a call come in. Okay. Um, we got, should we do beef stuff and talk about shrinkage or should we go to the, the ice cream? Um, before, let's, I'll tell you what, you do the ice cream and then I'll do the shrinkage. Oh, why are you going to make me read? Um, you got ice cream over there somewhere? The Miller High Life. <laughs> tell us about that. Ice cream. Yes. It just doesn't even sound, I mean. It sounds terrible. It so sounds what, horrible. What did they do? A new novelty ice cream product is actually meant to recall the flavor of peanut shells on a bar floor. Who who, <laughs> who wants to eat peanut shells off the bar floor? No. That's a terrible idea. Yeah, no. No. And it says Miller Light Highlight has partnered with Tipsy Scoops, maker of alcohol-infused ice cream, to create an al to create the ice cream dive bar. <laughs> it sounds just fabulous. The product contains beer, peanut, peanut swirl, tobacco smoke flavor, <laughs> gross, caramel, and dark chocolate drip. The peanut swirl is designed to mimic the peanut shell frequently found on bar floors. <laughs> that is just horrible. Who wants to eat that? I, I don't. Are they selling that to you? You had to pay for that? I'm sure somebody is. It's got 5% alcohol in it. Now, I will say this. I have had a milkshake that has had an adult milkshake. Uh-huh. And some of them are pretty fabulous. Did it bring all the boys to the yard? It did. Okay. <laughs> all right. Makes sense. But why? I don't know. A six-pack costs 36 bucks. I think, I think that is their attempt at 
today, today's time, social media, a lot of companies, because we talk about it every now and then, where companies will put out a ridiculous story that's so dumb, everybody talks about it. Yeah. Just so they can get, instead of going to spend $50,000 on advertising, put out a stupid story where everybody talks about yeah. it. Yeah. Like, oh, wait, Miller High Life, I forgot about that. Because when's the last time you thought about that? I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. No. I wouldn't thought about it. Was the last time you seen an ad for Miller High mm. Life? No one? Yeah, no. I don't. Um, the champagne and beers, everybody forgot about it until this. So they, they put it out there to com get everyone to think just about them. Trying to put it in ice cream now? It's gross. Oh, it's going to be terrible. Okay, let's go to shrinkage. Let's talk about some cow shrinkage. What we are thinking. All right, so let's go to some shrinkage here. Uh, managing your shrinkage on your calves, it can be the difference between profit and loss. So uh, you need to be on guard when marketing your wean calves. And manage your shrinkage. This came from Oklahoma, so, you know, we'll just we'll go with that, Oklahoma. Uh, so when selling calves, shrink is a concern because it's a reduction in the sale weight, but abnormal levels of shrink can often cause, an, it was used as a health indicator for calves arriving at receiving facilities and at stalker operations, growth yards, and or feedlots. We did break that down a few weeks ago at the feedlot. Incidents, uh, adjustments in price are common to compensate for varying shrinkage and gut fill. Uh, so you got two kinds of shrinkage. You got fill shrink and you got tissue shrink. Uh, the fill shrink is the loss of excreta, like a margarita, from the, <laughs> from the digestive system. Uh, this type of shrink is common in marketing and can be recovered quickly in a few days once the cattle are back on feed and water and whiskey, or maybe not whiskey. Uh, tissue shrink is more severe with the shrink level greater than 6% associated with long periods without feed and or water with other stressors, such as long distance transport, winning, rough handling, heat stress. So if you got tissue shrink, it could take up to 30 days to recover. So you got you to take all this in consideration um, when you're weaning your calves and get ready to, to sell, pack, or ship. Uh, selling calves directly after weaning leads to some the highest level of shrink. They got to think, weaning is stress. Weaning is very stressful. When you wean a calf, it is very stressful for the calf. They're off, often in unfamiliar territories. They're, their water's going to change. Their feed's going to change. A lot of them decide not to eat, refuse to eat. So preconditioning programs are a great idea. Uh, that's what we do. We, pre, we precondition everything that we have, and it works out a lot better, I guess, than being shrunk. Uh, preconditioned calves before marketing reduces shrink because the stress of separation has already occurred and the calves are familiarized with handling and feeding water sources. Unweaned calves transported directly to the auction markets can have shrinkage of 7 to 10%, while preconditioned calves have about 2%. And we're talking about that all the time. A lot of people that depend on their operations, when they go to Weaning their calves, a lot of folks will do, I guess, what's called a, uh, a cell barn weaning, which is not the best idea. They'll think, well, instead of weaning my calves at the house, separate them for a little while and then sell my calves off. Go ahead and work your calves, get them preconditioned, work them, and then sell them. A lot of folks and a lot of smaller operations that don't have the facilities will do what is called cell barn weaning, where they just load up all the calves, all the weaned calves, 
separate them right there in the lot, haul them to the cell. Well, your shrink or your shrinkage is a lot more because you're putting a lot more stress on your calves. You've got to separate them. You've got to give them time to readjust and then you can market your calves or take your calves to the market. Uh, before we get back into more cow stuff, talking about your open cows being prepared for that, we're going to talk to the TikTok sensation of Hobbs, who uh, does doing things a little bit differently, and it's working out really good. So we're going to talk to him. Hobbs, what is going on? Hey, what's up, Pepper? Not a whole lot, man. We're sitting here talking about cow stuff. Uh, tell us about, you know, you, you do cows a little bit different. But you also went a little different way, you know. You were you were in Texas. You went up north. Then you went to L.A. Played in a band, being a rock star for a while. Came back, did cow stuff. So, how how did all that come about? And I hate to, I hate to how are we now? We got there. We got a little better. There you signal are. Signal now. I can hear Damn. you. Damn. So, so, I, so you were asking a little bit about my colorful history, is that right? Yes. All right. Yeah, man. Uh, well, sh shoot, I grew up in the, the Panhandle, uh, born into a ranching family there. And um, my granddad told me there's no retirement in ranching, and I believed him at a young age. So uh, I decided I was going to play the guitar. And so I went to the University of Oregon. Um, my 20s, I worked really hard playing the guitar. Didn't work out for me that well, but I did go to L.A. to try to be a composer for a while, and it was in L.A. that I learned that uh, I'm not a city man <laughs> at all. It wasn't going to work for me, and um, so I started applying to all these ranch jobs all around the country, um, and I'd been out of the business for probably eight years or whatever, and while I was applying to these jobs, I learned kind of, I was able to kind of crystallize this new way of ranching that is, is, I guess I would just say more harmonious with nature, just sort of uh, a, a different way of doing things, more of a, I guess you might call it a kind of a more hippie way of doing things. And I kept looking around and there were no jobs uh, to to get paid to do that. So I decided I was going to start my own. So we went back up to Central Oregon, started Sisters Cattle Company, ran that for four years, sold it. And uh, right when Oregon started getting a little bit too bananas during the whole uh, <laughs> virus deal, we yeah. uh, picked picked up and came down to came down to deep east texas and we're loving every second of it yeah i guess it's got to be kind of a shock to be up there in oregon i guess the weather you know the weather there and then coming down here is going to be uh, a little bit different atmosphere so but you were you were from texas before up in the panhandle but you're a little further south now and that's a whole different climate oh a completely different world man uh i love the amount of time you can graze here though i mean just green grass a lot longer uh although you know Everybody told me that this summer was going to be something else, um, <laughs> and this summer that it delivered. <laughs> yeah, so far, may not even be over yet. I don't know. Oh, it, it's it's there. So, tell us about you know you you had a you had a video at one point that went out which uh, talking about feedlot you know feedlot grazing pasture grazing which I I myself think you know there should be something a little bit different than the way the feedlots you know do kind of a different idea because, you know, you go to a feedlot, you throw your cows out there. Most of them are dirt lots. There's no shade. There's, they're out in the sun. They're being fed up. And so it, it works a lot different and a lot more stressful, I think, than 
just being out in the pasture and, uh, you know, pasture run your cows and pack your own cattle as you go. Yeah, I mean, oh, absolutely. They, um, it's the problem in my in my estimation is that we have gotten so comfortable with viewing cattle as a protein source primarily, and we have lost sight of the fact that they are a mandatory part of the ecology. You have to have something that's eating grass and breaking down grass for the ecology to continue to be healthy. And when you take cattle and put them in a feedlot, they're no longer partners in the ecology. They're simply a commodity. And yeah, there's a great picture of uh, there with my, one of my tiny little herds there in, in uh, central Oregon. But so, so ultimately, um, the, the feedlot system made a whole lot of sense, right? In the, in the 60s when it got started, it was cheap to grow grain. It was cheap to truck cattle around. It made a lot of sense. It made a lot of people a lot of money and it seemed to be more efficient. But now we're finding that it's not as cheap as it once was and our pastures are starting to suffer. Yeah. And we and so I think that the next century is going to be the story of us looking at cattle as an ecological necessity first and a protein source second. And I think if we do that, and we do it really hardcore, we're going to have more beef than we could, than we know what to do with. And with the system that, that you're doing now with your, with your grazing system, how did that come about, you know, to put that, put that in effect and how is that working out with the different, the different groups of cows you get and, and ro rotating those in your pastures? How's that working out better than just, you know, full grazing a whole pasture at one time? Sure. Okay. So a couple of things. So number one, when I have them bunched up like that, I'm using 90% of my forage instead of 50% of my forage. I'm also grazing non-selectively. I'm taking all of the, all of the forage right there. And so when I do that, you have equal pressure on everything. And so you get a, a good regrowth and good grass composition of your desirable and your undesirables. And if you're grazing on a big pasture, they just take the ice cream and leave everything else. And eventually your pasture degrades over time. The other thing that's really nice about that is that the, all the other part that you're not grazing at that any given time is allowing itself full recovery where the root activity is, is really going bananas. It's the, and the roots, as you know, are, are feeding the microbes underneath. And if they're up there with those really good, efficient solar panels feeding those microbes, you're going to grow soil. You're going to build soil. And if you're at that ultra high density, like I, like I like to graze, you're progressing more slowly across your landscape. And ultimately what this allows you to do, if you have the properly genetically adapted animals to do it, because not an, every animal is going to do well in this, in this system, is you're going to be able to graze more animals. You're going to be able to graze more animals because you're using your, your forage more efficiently, and you're going to be able to graze more animals because this activity is what the ecology expects. Your soil improves, you grow more forage, and if you have more forage, you can grow more cattle. So it becomes a positive feedback loop of more stocking rate. And so you're, so ultimately, that's why I mean I think that we're going to have more beef than we know what to do with if we start looking at the ecology first and the beef product second. Right. And so... When you started, uh, when you started putting this, you know, out there to the people, putting it on TikTok, and showing the people kind of what you do, how it works, how did that go at first? You know, when you first started putting it out there, what kind of response did you get up until now? I mean, you got what two hundred and twenty, you know, thousand followers on TikTok. So how did it how did it kick off to start with to where you are now? 
Well, I think it's, I think the reception has been pretty uniform the entire time I've, I've been on it. It was kind of curiosity in the beginning. And the, the biggest uphill battle that we have is, I guess you might put it like this. Um, the way that we do things is such a part of who we are that if you're demonstrating a different way of doing things, kind of indirectly you're asking people to change who they are. And that's an incredibly difficult thing to do, and I recognize that. And, you know, certainly the, I, I have to admit that having grown up in the big ranch world in the Texas panhandle and, and the horse world, it's so much sexier to do horse work than it is to string a poly wire reel. It's just, I mean, how can, how can you, you know, convince people that it's worth doing when, you know, the only sort of badass character left in American life is the cowboy, right? So, um, so there has been some pushback, but simply from a scientific ecological perspective, it's, um, it's, it's been uh, received really well. But here, I think, is actually the opportunity of, of the great, of the next basically century, is that the ranching is gonna belong to the people who can do both, who can do the cowboy stuff and also can do the, the high density grazing stuff. Because these big ranches, you can't turn them into high density grazing thing uh, all the time right. Uh, or right, right away. And you also, there are certain parts that will never be like that. However, almost every operation has some areas where that can be utilized, which is going to improve your soil and improve your stocking rate. So the future belongs to the cowboys who view themselves as ecologists as well as, you know, cowboys. Right. Okay. And so when in, in your program, you know, you, you don't feed hay, you don't feed, are they just solely grass fed? That's correct. So, but, I mean, we started in the middle of winter last year, and in Oregon, I had I had hay on hand for the time when the so, the snow was so deep that they couldn't get through it. Right. And here in Deep East Texas, the, there's so much forage and so much stockpile that, and the grass grows so fast that you know we our our plan is to not feed any hay. And that's why we've selected Corianni cows and put Mashona bulls on them, which is you know pretty unconventional uh, because what we want to do is have an extremely small frame, heavily fattening animal that can tolerate a little bit of loss in body condition during the during the winter because, you know, nobody's out feeding the wildebeest in Africa. And <laughs> so what we need is an animal that, that can exist in nature a little bit better simply because inputs are going to be so much more expensive moving yeah. forward. That game is not going to change. Oh, yeah. So, um, so uh, all, yeah, so basically we're going to be completely... I want to use, as my good friend uh, Brian Alexander from Kansas says, salt and scenery. Those are the only two inputs that I want to use. And I think that if we can get to that point, if that's a goal worth working towards. And if more people, uh, I think it's going to make people more money in the long term. And it's going to lead to a much healthier pasture setting and a, and, 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 and a, a, revivi a revivification of the ranching life, really. Right. Okay. And so if people want to check out, you know, kind of what you do and get more, you know, view the philosophies and things that, that you do, which on TikTok, I, I think I started catching your stuff back when you were still in Oregon, up at Cicero, cool. you know, kind of seeing what you were doing and just kind of following along different things you do. And I was like, I always come in Texas, like, uh oh, you ready for that, you know? And uh, so if they want to follow you, kind of see what you're doing, you know, check out your beef, maybe buy some beef, something like that. Where's the best place to send people to check you out? 
So the best place is right now is going to be check me out on TikTok. The website is launching next week. It's going to be fireandsalt.com. But the TikTok is fire and salt. Right, my dad is just coming up on mowing. You know how dads are. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're uh, fireandsalt.com. We are also uh, uh, at fireandsalt on TikTok. We have fireandsalt uh, beef on Instagram. Those are the places you can find us. I'm looking forward to, uh, to fielding all of the um, – the comments. Okay. We appreciate it, man. We'll let you get back to it, and uh, we'll send folks your way. All right. Thanks for having me on, Pepper. Thank you. Bye. All right. Always something different. Yeah. Always something different. Everybody's got a different way of doing things. Something's different. Sometimes it's in Oklahoma. Sometimes they get lonely in Oklahoma. <laughs> so we're going to let Doc West, everybody Doc West, Doc West man, he's going to tell you about being lonely in Oklahoma. I just want you to know how much fun I have with you. I don't know, I just, I really think we might have something here, so I hope you come see me soon. Yeah, you call me completely by surprise in an Austin that I wasn't looking when you found me. You saw only in my eyes Well, you put me on through the dance floor Then you put me into your room When you pulled away to Tulsa You left me way too soon So if you ever get lonely in Oklahoma I'll drop everything Say the word and I'll be on the road I'm only a state away Yeah, you're doing okay on the road And I'm in Texas waiting on the sign That I've crossed your mind And missing me Say the word.
check him out. Doc Westman, man, that he is tearing it up. If you hadn't seen him in a while, check him out. Always got some good stuff. We're always, always, uh, always happy to throw some of his tunes at you because they're always good. I don't think he, I don't think he has a bad song. Uh, speaking of cow stuff, we were doing some cow stuff. Then we talked to a guy about cow stuff, and uh, we'll finish off the cow stuff with this uh, heat stress. Um, so be prepared for more open cows. Not open bobs on the internet. Uh, open cows. Uh, heat stress is happening because the summertime in Texas was really hot. I mean, real hot. Mm -hmm. Not medium hot. It's real hot. Uh, so on top of the, you know, the high fuel cost, inflation, high input costs, beef producers are having to deal with the drought and extreme heats. And heat stress is normal for cattle. But uh, most of the cattle that graze will deal with low reproduction. So what they're telling you is that heat stress has a profound impact on many biological processes that can lead to poor reproductive rates. Uh, prior to estrus, I guess, heat stress reduces follicle growth, hormone production, and the egg competency. So their eggs are not competent. You don't ever want to not be competent. Um, combined, this reduces fertilization rates. Once fertilized, heat stress can also reduce uh, the growth of the calves. So your calves will come out tiny. So be ready for that because in uh, Texas and most of the south has had a heat wave. Some up in the north had a heat wave too. With it being hot, that means not as many cows are going to have been bred, are going to stick. And the ones that do stick, you're probably going to have some scrawny calves. So be ready for that. Speaking of scrawny calves, we got some monkeys. How do we go from scrawny calves <laughs> to monkeys? They look the same. Mm. Next time they pop out. Um, so there was a monkey uh, that may or may not have gotten in trouble. I don't know. But there was a monkey somewhere. Evidently, he's familiar with cell phones, and he decided to call someone. Welcome back. Well, cops, they usually have a prime suspect. In this case... It's a primate suspect. Over the weekend, a California Sheriff's Department got a phone call, but it wasn't exactly who they were expecting on the other end of the line. Will Gans gives us the 411 on this one. It's never a good idea to call 911 just for fun. That's a gibbon. Well, actually, in this case, it's a capuchin. What is that? Okay, okay, don't mess my phone. Okay. The San Luis Obispo County Sheriff's Office receiving a 911 call on Saturday night that abruptly disconnected. Deputies sent to the location where that call was made, which turned out to be the zoo to you near Paso Robles, California. We're like, hi, can we help you? And they're like, well, somebody called 911 from the zoo phone. And uh, we're just like, uh-oh. And immediately, Lisa Jackson, Zootoo's assistant director, was able to name not a prime suspect, but a primate suspect. Root, the 10-month-old capuchin monkey. Lisa driving the zoo cart earlier that day and the zoo cell phone with her. And Root along for the ride as well. She grabbed it like she grabs all things, you know. And once a monkey grabs it, then of course it's hers. So she had it for a few minutes. 
And when I, I took it from her, I didn't pay attention at all. I didn't look at the phone. I just took it from her, put it back in the cart. Turns out Root had made more than one call to the sheriff's office. Did you know, like, immediately as soon as they said someone called 911? Oh, did. yeah. This little girl, she texts my friends sometimes. The sheriff's office writing in a post, as you can tell from these photos, Root is a little embarrassed by the whole thing. But you can't really blame her. After all, monkey see, monkey do. I think it made everybody laugh. And it was something I think we all really need right now. Root, meanwhile, working on ordering bananas from Uber Eats. No, don't do it. <laughs> Who's that? Who are you calling? But a little monkey business never hurt anybody. Bye, Root. <laughs> Who's that? Oh, oh. <laughs> Lisa says that Root knows how to get the phone from her pocket and out of fanny pack. So for now, she's just going to need a more elaborate passcode. She also says that capuchin monkeys are right up there with chimpanzees in terms of intelligence. So Root will probably be playing Candy Crush in no time. Will Gans, ABC News, New York. And the monkey. I did hear that the monkey got a good talking to. <laughs> and if she does it again, it's going to get a spanking. Uh, more stuff about animals. So what happened in, uh, there was a zoo mm -hmm. where a, an endangered, uh, Philippi, Philippian, Philippian Blooms. deer happened? What was that? Spotted deer fawn. They finally had one. A what? It's a baby. A baby. They had a baby. Just a baby. <laughs> Well, apparently they had they had a pair. They had the female and the male, and um, they actually made it and and had a baby. Huh. They don't know the sex of it yet. They haven't determined oh. what the sex of the baby is yet. No gender reveal yet. No, no gen, no big gender reveal. I'm sure nope. they'll have one. No pronoun announcement. No, not yet. Um, it is known as the Alfred deer are considered to be one of the world's most endangered species of deer. Huh. So, they're on a roll, I guess. The Alfred deer. Mm-hmm. Mom, dad, and baby are all happy and healthy and spending much-needed time together. Hmm. Little deer family. Yeah. I want to know what it is now. They need to sex this. Yeah. They need to, they, I'm sorry. I said sex it. They need to pronoun this baby <laughs> at some point and give us the pronouns of this deer. Yes, please. Because we've all got to be woke, you know. <laughs> We don't want to assume the gender no, of this deer now. Absolutely not. I want to get the pronouns right. <laughs> Speaking of pronouns, there was a special day for sandwiches. A special day. Uh, it was National Cuban Sandwich Day that happened in August. A very popular food item. This was started in 2016 in Tampa Bay by a Tampa Bay Times reporter who got the bright idea to create his own sandwich day. So this guy, Christopher Spata, a staff reporter for the newspaper, said he became fascinated by food holidays because they get there's food holiday for everything. I've got a, mm -hmm. every day there's some, it's, it's taco day, it's donut day, it's kolache day, it's ice cream day. <laughs> every day they got something stupid that just to make you go eat it, right? So he's like, you know what, I'm gonna do it too. So he said he had a long, a long, vague notion that at some point he had tried his hand in creating one of these food holidays that uh, jam up your social media feeds. So he wanted to become a social media star. He's like, you know, every day, every day you got something, you know, National Taco Day, National Hot Dog Day. So he chose the Cuban sandwich. Nice. Um, 
it's a native sandwich to Tampa, apparently. It consists of ham, roasted pork, pickles, mustard on a Cuban bread. Uh, it's Zubby's holiday. Uh, he said the date coincided with National Sponge Cake Day, mm. which he considered to be a less important food. I agree. Less important. Oh, speaking of sponge cake, there's a there's something I heard about SpongeBob and a priest the other day. So I'll get that in a minute. Um, so Spata used the assumed name is SG Spata because nobody would figure that out, mm -mm. and uh, sent out a fake press release to the food writers and restaurants around the country. Also created a Facebook group promoting it as National Cuban Sandwich Day. So after it went off, uh, then he told everybody, "Ha ha, it's a joke. I made that up." Nobody got mad. I was like, hey, not a bad idea. Let's keep doing it. So they're going to do it. Other, other specials on that same day as his Cuban sandwich is the Buttered Corn Day, mm. National Cheap Flight Day, mm. National Ride the Wind Day, uh, Valentino Day, and National Sponge Cake Day. What is National Ride the Wind Day? I have no clue. Now I'm curious. I'm going to Google that. Yep. I'm going to have to Google that. No, somebody, I saw something. I didn't get it. Somebody said something the other day. They said, what's the difference in SpongeBob and a priest? And something like, SpongeBob, ask you if you're ready. So I don't know. Um, oh, <laughs> What else do we got? What's next? Um, oh, Netflix. What are you watching on Netflix? What are um, you watching? Well, okay, well, I haven't watched a series in a while. I well, actually... Kenneth and I just got done binge watching Yellowstone. We we started over and just watched it all again. What is that? Yellowstone, really? Yellowstone? Yeah, but it's not on What's Netflix. What's it about? Oh. <laughs> I'm not talking to you anymore. <laughs> You're gonna be like that. Okay. But that that's what. I, Was it any good though? Did you see any like inconsistencies or stuff? You're like, oh, I don't think that. Really? But what did you see? Did you catch anything? Really? There's like a lot because of stuff. Because I, I see so much stuff. I'm like, right. come on, guys. Like the wild horses yeah. that are shooed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, we got, we, yeah. Okay. But it's a good storyline. It's a good storyline. Okay, good storyline. So, All right. But as for Netflix. Yeah. Because they don't have that. No. Um, the Man from Toronto. The movie. <sighs> with Kevin Hart and. Um, oh, yeah, I've seen that. It's funny. Or he's supposed to be the assassin, but he's not yeah, the assassin. Yeah, he is not. Woody Harrelson's the assassin. Yes. Swap people. That, yeah. That was that, good. That's the, like the last thing I watched on Netflix, and it was hilarious. It's good it's stuff. A good watch. That's a good one. What about Paramount? What about Paramount Network? Anything on Paramount? Uh, no, I haven't. 18, have you not watched 1883? That's next. Okay. Well, speaking, next. Of 18, speaking of 1883, you guys need to pay attention to uh, Paper Stewart Show on Facebook and social media spots because we do giveaways all the time for stuff and at some point this year you will be getting 1883 dvds so watch out for that um speaking of watching stuff paramount network okay so i watched this show i tell you what just throw the trailer out so they can see this and then we'll come back and discuss t-minus 10 9 8 7 6 5 
fuck? I think the floor is not working. Look at that number up there on the billboard. There's a two, and then um, kind of circle. No, dumbass, not that number. That one. Sixty-nine. <laughs> This show sucks. It's like just these fat people standing there. I am Cornholio! I need TV for my Who are you, fart knockers? Amusing, yes, yes. Humorous, yes. Satirical comment on the time. Yes, amusing. and Butthead do the universe. A new movie streaming June 23rd, exclusively on Paramount Plus. Beavis, this changes everything. Okay, so I'll pre we'll preface it this as when I ended up in Dallas for the first time in the 90s, the first thing I ever saw on TV was Beavis and Butthead. I was flipping through the channels and mm -hmm. some guy's giggling. <laughs> he said vagina. I'm like, what the hell is this? So I turned it back. I was like, what are they? What is this show? And so I started watching it. But okay, in the '90s it was great because we weren't woke. You know, mm -hmm. we weren't. Everyone wasn't offended. Yeah, everyone but had heard everything. Still had a sense of humor. Yeah, and stuff. You was can still funny. laugh at stuff. Things right. were funny. And so I watched this reincarnation where a Beavis and Butthead words they do the universe, and it was an okay show. It didn't live up to what I thought it would have done, mm -hmm. but I mean, it's okay. But I also noticed on Paramount that they are re-airing all the old episodes. Oh, nice. But what I'm wondering, there's, I remember I remember when it was in the 90s, and then later on there were some episodes that they had to pull stuff from. Mm -hmm. I think when they painted the cat's butt, and when they set something <laughs> on fire, you know, they pulled those episodes out. So... I don't know if they're on the new ones or on the, the Paramount. So I'm going to look into that and see. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Because that, that's, I don't, know, I don't care much for our cartoons. Everybody wants to watch the cartoons and superhero movies and all that crap. I don't care for any of that. But I will watch some Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. And some King of the Hill because. It's just funny. Hank Hill was Mr. Anderson on Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> that's where he came from. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I didn't put that together. Yeah. He was Mr. Anderson on Beavis and Butthead. Because the same guy does both shows. Right. Yeah, I, so. I didn't even I didn't even put that together. But nice. so it it was I mean it was entertaining. It wasn't it didn't live up to what I thought it would, but I mean what do you expect? You know, coming from the nineties into yeah, the woke yeah. woke twenty twenty two with all these woke nuts that try to cancel cancel me now. Do it. Mm -hmm. Hit the button. What else we got? Oh the Texas Great Paint Tour. Check out uh, mm -hmm. we got some stuff right there the texas grease paint tour they had the american freestyle bullfights the cowboy protection matches look them up on their facebook page follow it check it out see what events they have going on where they're going to be they got a lot of stuff going on in texas they go to arizona they've gone to florida they go uh to kansas they've been in missouri cheyenne they go all over the place so check out them on the facebook like it so that you know where they are going to be. And if you're also playing on the internet, 
You can also go to pepperstewart.com and go buy a stupid t-shirt. They're cheap. They're 20 bucks. $20. Where are you going to get a $20 t-shirt? Where else can you get a $20 t-shirt or a $30 hoodie with stupid stuff on it? And you can even use some random discount code and even save money. So <laughs> go get some dumb stuff to wear. Get your Beavis attire. Um, what else do we have today? What else yeah. is going on in this crazy world that we got to get to? We did the cat. We did the calf shrinkage. We did the cows that were open. What do you closed. have on the, the PBR teams? The P oh PBR. Yes, PBR teams. The new thing. Have you seen any of the feedback from the teams? I have. Good or been, bad? It hasn't been good. <laughs> nope. Nobody's liking it. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody likes, likes it. No. Everything I've seen, they're like, why? Why are you doing yeah, why? this? Yeah, why? Why are you ruining a good thing? Why can't uh, y'all just buck bulls? Money? Why you got to do this? Money deal? It's got to be the money. Oh, it's always about the money. Always the money. When, you, when you've elevated when you've elevated it to a certain point, you've got to deliver. Yeah. And so you're like, crap, we've done all this. How are we going to pay for it? So let's do this. We can bring more sponsors in for this. Bring more sponsors in for that. And just trying to... Get the money to cover. Yeah, but and then it's you just... got and then you got the old guys. You know, of course they're gonna complain anyway. But you got the old guys complaining. You know, playing about it, and mm -hmm. it's just I don't, I don't know. They need to bring back the CBR. Bring the CBR back. What happened to that? Bring it back. Are they even still doing the the bu no the, the bull teams? I have no idea. Because when CBR left, whenever CBR finally went out, mm -hmm. they were just doing bull teams with PBR. But I think they finally wiped that away, too. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about like, that. That was, that was tough doing that. I don't know what thing. touched that, too. Besides drinking. <laughs> um, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's, a, that's, a, man, that's about maybe, it. Maybe not now. Well, man, <laughs> man I don't know. Depends on the bonds. Um, <laughs> there's events going everywhere. If you go, if you go to Facebook and you go play on Facebook, because everybody's on the dang internet, and you'll go on to uh, Paper Stewart Show on Facebook, you can find all kinds of events on there that's going on all over the place. And if you're not sure where they are, you can always hit photos, and then click on the album that says events and stuff, and then you always find stuff going on because there's stuff happening everywhere. You've got uh, Ranching events, rodeo events. You've got, if you don't want to ranch and you don't want to rodeo, you can go barrel race. You can do whatever you want to do on your horse. You can even go play polo. We even had the uh, the arena league in here with the arena polo. So you can do that as well. Somebody said CBR gone. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. Yep. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's gone. It's been gone. And whatever happened to I know Tuff had the Tuff tour. Is it still going to? Or is it going to? I don't I honestly I don't well, know. The, the teams kinda took over and then everything else just kinda went shh. Because and, I know I know Tuff had his tour for a while. Mm-hmm. And then he was in Cowtown. Was it last year or year before last? Was the last one? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it was. So you got PBR dominating everything. Yep. Taken over the world of bull riding. Well, that's that's the thing, with PBR, which I've noticed, and the different PBR groups and the different people that I've ran into with uh, the PBR fans and the fan groups and all that stuff. You have people that 
are PBR fans, but not rodeo fans. Mm-hmm. And they know nothing else about rodeo. That's just weird to me. Other than PBR, they know all the bulls, all the guys, and at times we, they don't realize that those contractors also buck those bulls at PRCA rodeos. Mm-hmm. And they see those bulls at other other places, and they're like, "What is going on? What happened?" Yeah. What are you What are you doing? This case. This is illegal. <laughs> what are they doing? Yeah, I think my mom was kind of one of those people. She she just watched the PBR. That was it. Didn't really watch anything. But she could. She had stats. She could <laughs> tell you bulls, riders, stats. It's like, where did you come from? <laughs> yeah. It's like an encyclopedia of PBR. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that's the way that's the way they they get in those in those groups are that way. And I'm like, man, this is this is so crazy. But I mean, it's good for the sport because that's that's what sells tickets. That's what sells T-shirts, mm-hmm. jerseys, and I, I don't know. I don't even watch rodeo. It's because you live it. I don't even watch it. <laughs> I don't watch it at all. You li- you live it, so you don't have to watch it. Well, people get they, I get people call. They message me call the time. What happened? Blah blah blah. What blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I don't watch. I'm not watching any rodeo. I haven't watched NFR in years. I haven't watched PBR finals in years. I don't. I don't watch it. I'm sorry. I talk about it, <laughs> but I don't watch it. But I didn't. I didn't see it. I watched I the highlights. It. Yeah, I didn't see it. I don't you know. Whatever, whatever email I get the next, you know, the next Monday <laughs> from whatever association it is, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll tell you about it. But I just, I just, I don't know. I, I, I know I watched it for a long time and kept up yeah. with it forever. But then after a while, I'm so, man, I just, nope. Well, you can just watch the highlight reels. It just yeah. kind of. That's, a, that's a, well, that's all you need because everybody gets mm-hmm. complains about how, um, like the old, like the old guys will say that. If you go to a PBR event now, you're going to a rock concert that has bull riding in it. Mm. I'm like, well, I guess. Because they had, what was that big deal they had of the day about? There was some, I don't know if he's a rapper or a country singer or something, that Kane Brown, mm-hmm. some PBR, th- PBR tour van or whatever, and people were throwing a fit. Oh, yeah, because he's... I'm like, I don't know who that is. A lot of people don't consider him country. What does he sing? Does he sing country? Does he sing rap? No, he he's that poppy country. He can go he like can go Br- on like the pop Britney charts. Spears? He can go on the pop charts or he can go on the rock charts. So he's like he's, a, he's like a Taylor Swift? There you go. Okay. He's a Taylor yes. Swift of PBR. Yes. You know the So P- I can <laughs> see why people be like a little Really? Like, this is the best you could do? Okay. You know, when keep, when keep. they when they're expecting George Strait. Yeah. Or an Alan Jackson, and then they get Kane Brown. Well, they they don't see skinny <laughs> jeans. They, they don't see the they don't see the the invoice PBR has. That's like that's like a four some some dude in skinny jeans singing gotta, like Taylor they got Swift. Teams to pay for. Yeah. PBR is so mad at me. They're always mad at me. You just see the emails I get sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, they they send me they send me stuff, and it's a lot of times we're not happy. I'm like, oh well, it happens. You can't you can't be positive all the time. You can't no. be all rainbows and unicorns. No. You gotta you gotta have some common sense in the middle. I agree. Sometimes. Absolutely. A little. Sometimes. What what time is it? What how much time we got? What are we doing? 
What? Minutes. Oh no! I don't have anything for that. Nothing uh, for two minutes. Um, no. I have no. I have no stories. Oh, you know I got a story. Oh no. Um, I've got a possum. Okay, so we got cats because my my son. So his cats are at the house, and they're outside cats. They were in his house, now they're outside cats. And we put food out on the porch for them. And I came outside the other day, and there was a giant possum on the porch. Did you catch it? No. Why? Eating the cat food. And it's been out there every day. I'm sure it has. And then... Did it bring a raccoon friend? I don't, I don't, I don't worry about the raccoon friend, <laughs> but I think he took the raccoon friend to the chicken house. Um. Because we went from 13 chickens after the tornado months ago, whenever the tornado, whatever came through there and tore the chicken house up. So I just had the chickens in the barn. I didn't, I didn't want to put it back together because all this mangled and everything else. So I just left okay. it laying there. Well, then I had 13 chickens. Then I had 10. <laughs> then I had eight. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I should put this chicken house back together. Maybe. So I put it back together and I, and I got it together and caught the chickens, put them in there. One of the chickens is a Houdini. I don't know how she kept getting out. There's kept getting always out. that one. And I'm like, how in the heck are you getting out of this freaking thing? Where are you going? And so I had the one chicken getting out. And then I noticed the other day, I went out there, and there was five. Then there was four. Then there was three. You then there got was a box. one. Now there's one chicken. One lonely chicken. Well, I told him the other day. Because they, once I got the four chickens and locked them in the in the pan, they weren't laying any eggs. And I told them, look, I need to start seeing some eggs or you're going to see <laughs> the fryer. to go. Yeah. You're going to be fried. <laughs> I need to see some eggs. So I got the next day and I had one egg. Said, okay. So one of y'all is laying an egg. I don't know who. So it's one of you guys. So I'll let it go. And now I'm down to one chicken. And that's the one that probably isn't laying any eggs. Probably not. Probably not. But I went, out to the barn. I went out to the barn the other day. Was it yesterday? day before yesterday? I had to. I went out there in the morning, and that dang possum was standing out there by the barn. I was like, "No wonder you're so fat. You're eating all my dang chickens." I don't know if that'd be a problem. I think you got a fox. Whatever it is, whatever it is, is digging up under and going there, and grabbing the chickens, and then taking them out because there's nothing left. Did you find their bodies? No. Okay. Because see, we had a possum that was killing our chickens. And it would like go in the coop and dis like dismember the body. <laughs> it was really strange. And we we couldn't have foxes. We our fence didn't allow it, so it could be your possum. I think my chickens are getting abducted by aliens. That's what I think. You should have yes. put a deer cam in there. Well, I thought about it, and I kept forgetting. A cow cam it. and I, put one of those in there, and uh, then the mystery would have been solved. I kept forgetting about it. Now I got one left. I'm like, oh, well. Whatever's well getting you got to save the one. Whatever's eating them, just go eat the last one. Just wow. put out his misery. Just wow. <laughs> just, go eat, just go eat the last one. Why are you waiting on me for? Let's go eat the chicken. So Savage. I don't know. we got to get out of here. She's got to go back to take pictures of stuff. i got to go see what the cows are doing. <laughs> Other than that. Pepper show, yeah, see if I got one chicken left. <laughs> uh, Peppershoot.com. Go there, look around, wander around, and buy a stupid t-shirt. <laughs>